Good morning to you all and welcome to our virtual morning service. My name's David Poulter and I'm one of the lay readers here at St John's. As you're probably aware, Matt is on holiday for a couple of weeks, although I think it's probably true to say that they're having a virtual holiday, as of course they're not able to get away. However, we do pray that the family will be blessed and refreshed by their time together. Let's begin this time together this morning with a couple of verses from Psalm 138. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods I will sing your praise. I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Heavenly Father, Transform us by your love, that we may indeed be bold and stout-hearted in our walk of faith, that we may live and work to your praise and glory through Christ, the King of glory, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Now this morning we're continuing our series through the book of Acts, which is Luke's record of the events taking place in the early church, both in Jerusalem and then further afield. Today we're still in Jerusalem and we're looking at a very well-known incident in the life of the early church. I'm going to pass you over to Anne who's going to read our scripture for us. A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man was there, lame from birth, being carried to the temple gate, beautiful where he would put where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts when Pete when he saw Peter and John about to enter he asked them for money Peter looked straight at him as did John then Peter said look at us so the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them then Peter said Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the temple saw him walking and praising God, many recognised him as the same man 
who had been sitting begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with awe and amazement at what had happened to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Anne. Whenever I read those first few verses of chapter 3, I'm reminded of a chorus we used to sing in the 1970s almost endlessly when the children were growing up. I think the reason we all enjoyed it so much was that it literally involved us all walking and leaping and praising God. I don't think I could manage the second of those nowadays. Although we're told in chapter 2 that many wonders and miraculous signs were being done by the apostles in those early days, this is the first healing that Luke actually records in detail in the book of Acts. In his Gospel, Luke, who as we know from Paul's letter to the Colossians was a doctor, records many instances of healing involving both Jesus and the disciples. So why was this the first miracle of healing that he writes about in the book of Acts? To be honest, I have no idea why Luke chose this particular healing. But because he did, it's obviously worth looking at in some detail. The first thing to notice is that Peter and John were going up to the temple to join their fellow Jews in the time of prayer. Their newfound faith in the Lord Jesus did not mean that their Jewish heritage had become a thing of the past. In fact, as we see further on into this record of Luke's, that could at time cause problems and even dissension among the Christian community. But for now they're joining the other Jews to pray to and worship their God. <coughs> Excuse me. They arrive at the temple at the same time as a lame man is being carried to his usual spot at the gate called Beautiful, where he would sit begging alms from those attending the temple. This was an accepted practice but of course a beggar was looked down upon by many who passed by, very much a second-class citizen. The next thing that I notice as I read the story is that when the beggar asked Peter and John for money, the two disciples didn't turn their eyes away, as is the habit of pass many passers-by today, and probably was when this incident takes place. I'm sure that I'm not the only one of us who's done this, and although it's no excuse, it is difficult to determine what should be the right response. For instance, once when I was duty in the cathedral, I was conned by a very plausible hard luck story, which in fact was totally untrue. The conman was well known to the vergers, but I didn't know him. However, on another occasion, walking along Eastgate, I passed someone begging, walked, uh, let him walk past by, past by me, and then felt a real impulse to turn round, catch up with him, 
and hear his story. And I was able to respond to his very real need of help. But to return to our story. When the beggar asks Peter and John for money, they do not, as I have said, turn their eyes away. In fact, Luke records that they both look straight at him, which I'm sure must have given him a moment of hope. Huh, here are two chaps who are going to help me. And then especially he'd have thought that when Peter says, look at us. However, their words initially must have disappointed him, because Peter then says, silver and gold I do not have. Fortunately, Peter's words don't end there. Although the beggar must have really wondered what was going to happen next when Peter continues, But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. We saw in our reading that the beggar was taken to the temple every day to beg. So he may well have seen Jesus at some point, but even so, he must have wondered what Peter was getting at when he said, walk. This was something that he'd never done. As we see from our reading, both of his feet and ankles were affected. So how was he going to do that now? Of course, Peter said something more than just walk. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And that made all the difference. To see the key to this, we need to look back at the words of Jesus to his disciples as recorded by John in chapters 14 and 16 of his Gospel. In verses 13 and 14 of chapter 14, Jesus says to the disciples, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Then in verses 23 and 24 of chapter 16, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So is this some sort of magic formula to get anything and everything from Father God? Unfortunately, no. There's no magic formula with which to ensure that our prayers are answered in the way that we believe they should be. Instead, I believe that this is the way, the pattern, that our prayers should take. Pray to the Father in the name of the Son. We all know that our prayers for healing are not always answered immediately, as this prayer for the lame beggar was. We have seen and indeed experienced instantaneous healing. We have seen and experienced healing that has taken a longer time. And 
we have seen and experienced, times when our prayers for healing appear not to have been answered. I say appear not to have been answered as we don't always know exactly what is happening. What we do know and what I believe is important for all of us is that our Father God is a God who loves us deeply, who holds us in the palm of his hand and who will never let us go. I'm prepared to trust him, whether or not I see my prayers answered immediately or not. So to the story again. What happens next is a beautiful thing at the gate which is called beautiful. After saying these words, Peter reaches out and takes the man by his right hand, helping him to his feet. Dr Luke is quite precise here. It was the right hand that Peter took hold of in order to help him up, and the man's feet and ankles instantly became strong. The man then joins Peter and John as they enter the temple and court, temple courts, and as I said earlier, he was walking and jumping and praising God. I'm quite sure that the disciples' spirits were also lifted by what had taken place. A wonderful healing to further encourage them in their walk with the Lord. And we then see that the crowd in the temple recognised the man who had sat, presumably for years, begging at the entrance to the temple gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Our reading for today ends with those words. And indeed, this healing is something to cause amazement. And however, and I don't think this is a spoiler alert, to say that what follows this wonderful healing is perhaps even more amazing. But you'll have to wait a couple of weeks to hear more. I think that there are at least two things for us to take away from this story today. The first is to keep our spiritual eyes and ears and hearts open to promptings for the Lord, as I believe Peter and John did on that day. They could have walked past. Indeed, they may have done so on other occasions. But on that day, a beggar's life was changed. I'm sure that the faith of Peter and John was strengthened. And you make sure that you come back in a couple of weeks to find out what happened next. Secondly, I believe that this story should encourage each of us to pray, pray and keep on praying. As I said earlier, we may not see our prayers answered in the way that Peter and John did on that day, but it does happen. We have a loving Heavenly Father who is always ready to hear our prayer. We have a loving Saviour who taught his followers how to pray 
and in whose name we can bring our prayers to the Father. And we have a loving Holy Spirit who is within each one of us to guide, teach and encourage us in our journey of faith. Amen. I'm now going to pass over to Peter to lead us in our intercessions. Good morning. I trust that you are well and coping with the current situation. As we commence our time of prayer, perhaps we could spend just a little while in silence. Maybe David has set up a thought in your mind that you just want to think about for a little while. Or like most of us, perhaps we need to clear our minds as we come and sit at the footstool of our Lord and Saviour. The Father says that some of us have missed our blessings. So often we've rushed past him and given him no opportunity to meet our needs. His storehouse is full of things he desired to give to us, but we just could not wait. Holy, holy is the Lord. Heaven and earth are full of thee. Heaven and earth are praising your holy name. Thank you, Father, for all your goodness to us. And especially, Father, for the wonderful freedom we enjoy through Christ our Lord. Help us to live in that freedom that those who come into contact with, we come into contact with, will know there is no condemnation for those who love your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. <clears throat> this morning we especially pray for Bella, Ignis and David Love as they prepare to go through the open door that the Lord has prepared for them. Perhaps you can think of others known to you. So we'll just allow you to bring those names to the Lord. May each one of them know your joy and peace, Lord, as they move forward. Let us also remember the young people who still feel they're in somewhat of a fog and not sure what the way forward is. Many of them, may they turn to the Lord Jesus and receive his guidance at this time. Again, it may be wise for you to just mention their names carefully to the Lord. We would remember also the number of our people who are, need a touch of your hand, Father. We think especially of Roy and his family, Rosamond and John, John Excel and others who are laid aside and having difficulty coping with their health. We ask you, Father, to reach out and to touch them and to heal if that be in accordance with your will. We ask especially for 
A blessing on Matt and the family as they take a break. We pray that they would come back refreshed and ready and prepared and to press on with the work that you've called them to do. As we bring our time for prayer to, to a close, we would pray for our government. Pray that you bless and guide their Lord. And may they be listening to your voice, especially through those of the cabinet that belong to you. May their eyes be opened, may their hearts be warmed, and may they be prepared and ready to trust you. May the strength of God pilot us. May the power of God preserve us. May the wisdom of God instruct us. May the hand of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the shield of God defend us. May the host of God guard us against the snares of evil and the temptations of the world. May Christ be with us, Christ before us, Christ in us, Christ over us. May your salvation, O Lord, be always ours, this day and forevermore. Amen. Thank you, Peter. Before I close, a reminder that we will be meeting via Zoom this evening when Mike will be leading us as we continue our I Wonder series in the letter of Paul to the Galatians. Next Sunday, Ian will be leading our virtual service and the sermon next week will be given by Bishop Ruth, Bishop of Horsham something to really look forward to. I began this morning with some verses from Psalm 138 and these are the closing verses from that psalm. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes with your right hand you save me. The Lord will fulfil his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures for ever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you will never abandon us. Let us pray. The glory of the Father, the peace of the Saviour, the power of the Spirit be within us and about us, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us and with all those he has given us to love, this day and for evermore. Amen. <laughs>